Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Apex After Hours, your source of information in the ALGS and all things competitive Apex Legends. Fallout here, joined alongside my co-host, Snipe Down, as well as two awesome guests. I'm excited, man. Two very knowledgeable guests, two guests that have been doing it for a very long time. Former ALGS champion himself of 100 Thieves, now on Oxygen, it's Vayne, and the EU GOAT himself, it's Hockey's. First things first, to our special guest. How are you guys doing, Vayne? Start with you. I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to be here. Definitely super nervous, but uh, I'm excited. Well, I'm glad you're doing it, man. Hockey's, how you feeling? Very great. A little bit tired. Uh, yesterday was a lot of fun, so I'm feeling it today, but overall pretty good. And you're still here, which I love. You love to see. Appreciate you doing this as always, man. It's going to be really good to get some insights and perspective from the both of you. And of course, my co-host, it's Snipe Down, Eric. How you doing, man? And also walk us through what we're going to expect today for the show and conversation. Yeah, I'm doing wonderful. It was, a, it was a fun night as well last night. I'm feeling it. As if you didn't see the Daltouche video I posted, it was, a, it was a good time out last night. The man was holding down the party. But yeah, happy to be here. Happy to have this ALGs After Hours back on schedule, you know, for everyone to be here. We're going to talk a little bit about the ALGs calendar. We're going to talk about the mid-season update, meta discussion, the Seer update, a little bit about the ALGs storylines. Maybe there's some things behind the scenes that we can get, in, get the nitty-gritty into. International scrim, some results from that. Regardless of, you know, how good of quality they are, there's still some stuff to take from that and just the overall state of Apex Legends. And then we can uh, talk about some of the CC and Pro League qualifier as we head into that following the land. Love it. Yeah, and actually one also additional special segment we just kind of added, which I'm excited about. I think it's going to be a unique discussion. We're going to have kind of a wish list discussion of if you could change anything about competitive Apex settings, features, functions, like literally magic wand, you can wave it. What would it be? Excited to hear your thoughts from the three of you, obviously having been three of our longest lasting competitors in Apex for years now, playing at the highest level. What can make Apex Legends a more competitive esport? It's going to be a great discussion as well. So it's a great show. We're action-packed with content. And look, let's jump right into it. First things first, our ALGS calendar of events, all things competitive Apex. And uh, well, look, we had a really, really big one announced just recently. Let's take a look. We have no choice but to win. This is my favorite part. Damn. Somebody clipped that. Surprise. That good looking guy. What's up, hockey? There you have it, the TSM Apex Legends Summer Invitational just announced today, and it's in three days, by the way. So we got some good things coming with Apex this week. In addition to that, we have the Her Galaxy Finals beginning this upcoming weekend on the 25th. I'm really excited for that competition. It's been a long time coming, and it's been amazing to see our ladies on display for a significant prize pool. We also have the Boom TV Code Freedom Competition presented by Army National Guard. Uh, Hockey, I think you guys either participated in that or, or did in the past. Uh, always good to see the top teams in EU and NA compete. And then, of course, we got the split two playoffs coming up in just a few weeks. So a lot going on right now, guys. Uh, and I want to hear your thoughts. Do you guys feel like there's a, a healthy state of third party events in Apex right now? Hockey, start with you. Uh, I would say no, even though there's a lot coming up right now, uh, especially not in Europe. 
but uh, at least I'm happy that we have the ability to uh, play cross-regional in Apex. Uh, I'm very happy about that because at least we can play some tournaments in NA, but in EU it's pretty dry, so I'll take what we can get for now. I love it. As of right now, it's good. I think, is- I think my biggest question for you, Hawkus, is do you think that there is an issue with cross-regional teams playing in tournaments together like i know europe isn't really in a lot of these no- only north american events do you, do you think that that is like kind of gatekeeping a little bit or do you think that it should be more open or is it really like that big of a difference because we're you know we're doing international scrims the pink difference is obviously there but i don't really think it's that impactful that we shouldn't be inviting the best teams to compete in all these events regardless of like restricting it to na only I definitely think there's a difference, uh, but I don't think it's big enough to gatekeep. Like international scrims, they work. The the biggest problem is just like off spawn fights, and you gotta let the server settle for a little bit. You know, it's usually like just the first minute that the server is unstable. As soon as everybody gets into position and the server gets to kind of cool off, then you're usually fine. Like I don't think people yeah you, people usually never complain about like mid or late game. That's not mm. usually where the lag is. It's just on early game. So as long as you can figure out the early game. Uh, I think it's completely fine, but yeah, uh, that's, feel, uh, that's like the problem in general is contests and stuff like that. That's like it's definitely thing. the contest because in NA everyone kind of has their drop spots and no one really contests too much when it comes to those big events and it's just like pro league. But then when you add EU teams, it's people just get frustrated and that's I think part of the reason why they don't want like other regions in general. It's because they don't want to have to grief their own games or deal with that when they don't have to on the regular. Yeah. No. Is there a workaround that, like content creator tournaments or you know third parties? Obviously, international scrims is one thing. People are contesting because they're trying to claim a spot for land coming up. But for tournaments, are there enough POIs for everybody, or are there going to have to be you know contests in certain maps? Is there a workaround there, Van? I'd love to get your thoughts here on that topic. Um, can you repeat the first part of that? Yeah, no worries. In third party events and third party tournaments, is there a workaround to, like the contest issue with like long long range ping and, and long term ping of um, issues? I don't know. There are enough POIs I mean, for everybody, I feel like I guess. you could get, like, Minus or Chrono to kind of give you a more educated, like, pick of teams. Because, like, you know, if there's only 20 teams, then, you know, some NA teams, like, won't be able to play. If you're going to invite more teams, like EU teams, then you would just kind of, like, fill drop spots accordingly, I think. You could, I feel like you could make it work for sure, but, yeah. um. Yeah. And some teams don't get the necessarily the best POIs. Vane, any other perspective on these events, you know, and, and third party events as a whole? Um, you know, I think one one thing in particular is like it seems to be I wouldn't say clout based, but it's these invite only events mean only twenty teams can get invited, right? Is that a struggle for some of the lesser yeah. teams? Um I mean for the teams that like invite full competitive rosters, I mean they just kind of invite the top twenty in an A. Um, which is like fine, I guess. Um and it seems to be fine, like in NA, there's a lot of tourneys and whatnot to play in. But like a lot of the invite only content creator tourneys, um it's it's a lot harder for people to play in those, which I mean is fine. But I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent about it. There's enough tourneys that I can like play in with my team so that you know it kind of balances out, I guess. In North America, I respect the, the honest and truthful take. Hockey's wouldn't expect anything less. Not necessarily the case in EU. Is it basically you guys in Europe just hoping you get invited to a lot of these North American tournaments, or are there anyone? Is there anyone in Europe stepping up and hosting third party events? Uh, we used to have a few in in back in the day, but uh, it's been pretty dry lately. I think the last big tournament we had that was like only Europe was JBL. 
the JBL Quantum Cup. I think that was December. the last. Yeah. yeah. Was there a Twitch think... Rivals event that was you only? Like, no, I don't think I, so. I, oh, no, uh, they, not in They were just allowed because, like, I know in the past a lot of the rivals, the EU was not even allowed to play in the in the Twitch Rivals events, but I think they opened it up last time. I think the last rivals that we had in EU that was like EU only was like two years ago. I'm not sure though. Yeah, I don't remember an EU only one anytime recently. Insanity. Yeah, that uh, agreed. That is that is a problem, and I think um, look, it's good to see tournaments popping up. There's a lot on your screen right now, which is fantastic. Hopefully inspiring more third parties to, to join, but we absolutely do need more. We need more European coverage and support. I think it's more topic to, to certainly be had. Um, well, and then one last question on this topic, and then we're going to, we're going to segue here. Uh, open qualifier events versus invite only events. I'd love to hear your, your guys' take as pros, obviously, you know, maybe a little bit different than the challenger circuit players would like, like a chance to compete. But do you think that uh, open qualifier events creates a, integrity issue because people can cheat and other issues do you or do you prefer invite only or do you prefer open qualifiers giving anyone a chance to, to qualify for these big cash, cash tournaments i mean i can start i, I have no issue <clears throat> i have no issue having um open qualifiers for one or two teams to try and get in i think that's just a good way to get the like the less seen community more eyes on them and i think it's a way that people can maybe start to break out as players you know you might be able to see people that work their way into pro league um, you got to start somewhere. I mean, we don't really have local lands anymore that people are able to just go and and showcase how good they are. So the more eyes on, I guess, the lesser of the community, it's a way to get them in. But uh, I I think it's just better to get like as many people competing as possible. I think it just helps build the growth of the game. I agree with that. Yeah, I would definitely agree there. Um, like the last Steel Series event we played, uh, the two day event, um, Goto played, and I didn't really even really know that they were teaming together and they like had some really nice team fights in that journey so i think it's like a good way like to show kind of your your team's kind of like talents even if you're not like winning the tourney or anything like that like they still had some like nice pop-up moments so i think that's good you know love it yeah what, you say as well yeah one or two slots is perfect gives people the opportunity to at least play if they're good enough and it doesn't like overshadow the whole tournament as well and make it a super um we call it a long qualifier we have to go multiple days or anything so i definitely think it could be a good mix love it unanimous at least one or two or a few slots to open qualifiers from all three of the guests here and i gotta completely agree with y'all it's healthy for the ecosystem to eric's pointing that's the most important piece giving anyone a chance to, to show up and and perform um you know we're gonna have a little bit of a clip later of someone who did that just last weekend at a local land that eric and i had a chance to go to and by the way he was 10 years old we won't save that we'll save that for later we'll talk about that in, in a little bit let's segue the conversation to uh upcoming split two playoffs in london that's obviously the biggest storyline here all things london a lot going on right now with international scrims and various conversations um i'm excited man it's gonna be a, a really really great event really great time Another LAN, last time was a storybook ending with TSM in first, NRG in second, but obviously we didn't have Europe, Europe's finest. We didn't have two of Europe's best teams and Fire Beavers and Aurora not be there. So let's start the conversation with Emiya. Aki, we'd love to get your take. How do you think Europe is standing up right now to, to North America and the rest of the world? Obviously, you guys have looked uh, like you're the top dog right now in a lot of ways. Uh, I think we have a few teams that are definitely like contenders to do really well. Um, other than that, like, I still think NA has like, overall a stronger more set of teams uh, i would say but i definitely think we have a few that can stand up overall 
NA has the depth. You guys have the breadth, at least a few teams that can really be top teams. Which are the top teams in Nemea in your eyes right now? If you had to give a top three to make it a little harder for you to, to, to wean some out, who's the top three in Europe? I mean, it's just going to be from straight from Pro League. I think it was, it's us, it's uh, Vexed, and then it's the third Fire Beavers, I think. I'll throw KCP in there as a fourth as well, but uh, I'd say I definitely think we are the contenders at the moment. Really agree with that. Eric and Vane uh, from International Scrims. How do you guys think uh, Emi has been faring? I, I know you guys have been having, uh, I wouldn't say some trouble. You've been facing Vexed in a couple of your contests, Eric. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's been some banter back and forth. I think Vex is definitely stressing out right now just with the fact that they went through the contest with TSM. They weren't getting much practice. TSM was was winning that like two to three pretty much in terms of overall. Like they were like 60 plus percent on the contest. Or actually it was like, I, I want, they were probably winning like 75% of the contest. Um, so Vex was stressing and then they're contesting us at Launchpad and it's a similar situation. Launchpad might be one of the worst contests you can have. Um, but you know, I feel like we're, we're fiending pretty well. I think it's around like a six, one overall score because sometimes we just run away. Sometimes it's just, you gotta, you gotta, you know, gauge how, if you have the loot to fight, if you have to run it, it's just, it's not a fun contest. So I think, uh, they were obviously a very strong team during pro league, but they haven't been able to get the practice that they were getting before because they're in international scrim. So um, I know they're stressing it may not be, they may not be as strong as they were during pro league because of that. But I mean, they're still a great team. And, and like I said, I mean, there's, there's a few European teams that absolutely have a chance to win these lands. And if anyone thinks otherwise, like that's just not the case, this is a battle royale, you know, it comes down to with the match point format, you know, you get to the that match point, any of these teams, they're there for a reason. They can win a game. Love it. Van, anything you'd add about the EMEA scene, what you've seen so far in the national scrims? Um, I really want to see KCP do well. Um, they've been having like a rough, uh, couple weeks, but they've had some big vibe savers the last couple of days in scrims, and I just want to see them do well. Um, but other than that, Vex reminds me a lot of, of my team. Um, you know, MK IGL, like maybe not the most experienced IGL ever, and then two roller players, like that's pretty much our structure too. A lot of teams as well, but they kind of just remind me of, of us, you know, super heavy fighting, like very confident in themselves. So I want to see them do well as well. Um, yeah. Love it. Um, hockey's one. Uh, actually, we're going we're gonna to hold that thought because I want to jump into a little bit more about your, your squad and how things have been with effect. But before we do that, uh, another big storyline right now, I think we were missed not to cover uh, very unexpected to many PVP announcing his departure from Dark Zero as Dark Zero management decided they wanted to pursue a different direction after PvP was a significant player in that squad's recent success, obviously picking up Zainu, really bold decision to move away from Rambo and pick up Zainu, which ended up faring well for them. They dominated the very last day of Pro League and have been looking pretty strong ever since. Uh, does this come as a surprise to y'all? Yeah, I think this is a huge surprise to me, at least. I, I think the only reason you would drop a coach is if, like, People on the team either don't like ended up not agreeing with like what he has to say anymore, or just like don't. I don't know. I guess just don't like trust him exactly. But I don't know. Things can happen. But it was definitely super surprising to me to see wave. Yeah, this one, th this one is strange. I mean. It just seems like something's going on internally with that team because, you know, you had the whole Sharky situation, then you had the Rambo situation, then you had the Zainu situation. Now we're dropping a coach after they have done nothing but have really good placements. They've been performing well in scrims. 
So I, I don't know if there was like some internal issues that were going on there that no one really knew about, but even PVP, it, you know, in his tweet, he's like with a bit of a surprise, you know, he doesn't start it off like with, with a heavy heart or what it is. It's like, he was clearly blindsided in this situation. Um, he's a tenured coach, analyst, whatever we want, whatever you want to put him, he puts in the work, you know, he's been around with the C9 roster back in the day. Like he's worked with so many teams and I have not ever heard one of those teams have anything bad to say about the, what the effort he puts in and the work that he does. So um, very surprising, especially right before the LAN. Um, I, I don't see how he wouldn't have been helping, but you know, I mean, they said if they want to go in a different direction, maybe there's something that'll come out of the woodworks that we're not seeing. Yeah. One of the few coaches that was a former pro player as well, him alongside Hodzik. Um, and I think there's maybe even a handful if, if that, um, so that speaks to the value he had, he adds, I guess, last question on that topic, any thoughts on where he lands? Um, I don't know about where he would go, but I know he has a ton of options in front of him. Like, I don't think he's going to have any problem finding a place. Um, I'm sure he's already talking with multiple teams. I think he's actually said that, too. But, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's talking with us. I mean, if we want to, like, throw it out there. Whoa, I mean, whoa, there, whoa. there there's, <laughs> we, we have no issue. Like, we, if, if someone's willing to help or trial, like, why would we want to shut that down? Especially with someone who has a lot of information. Like, we would love to... Um, have any insight that he's willing to to offer us and and look at any help and if people didn't really know we we had recently just made a, a change with our own coach um nick zzz uh he was you know he he helped us out a lot he put in a lot of good work but it was just not the right fit for us so i mean it could have been a similar situation with pvp and and dz uh, we wanted more analytical work we wanted more like information not not like macro and and gameplay stuff and so we wanted to focus more on just get other, someone else giving us information and us applying that into our own ga gameplay and figuring it out on our own. So um, regardless of how good of work that, that he put in for our team, it just wasn't right for what we needed specifically as a three, as a trio. So um, I still don't have anything but good things to say about what he, what he provided us. It just wasn't right for us. So maybe, maybe they're looking for something more aligned along the lines of what he could bring to their team. You know, it, it doesn't know, but you need to find the right fit to, to bring the best out of everyone on the team. She's like, it wasn't my news to share, uh, but if you wouldn't have, have mentioned it, I would have been like, well, wait, there's uh, it seems to be an opening on FaZe Clan right now, Eric. So I appreciate <laughs> you being transparent, letting us know he's, he's trialing. Um, hockey, so you guys have had, you know, I would say a revolving door, but you guys have had some coaching changes over the last months, year, year-ish. Uh, what's the status with, with y'all and how, how are things going? Uh, I mean, I'm going to say the same as Snipe. We had Alex Colgin as a good analyst before. Uh, was it the right fit for us? So now we got Lynn Bobo instead. And he's been doing great work, so we're very happy. Awesome. So PvP to Alliance, certainly not a uh, potential. You guys are happy where you're at. FaZe Clan has an opening. Um, how are things going so Last question on this topic. How are things going so far with PvP? Snap down too early to tell, or is, have you guys had any, any early meetings? No, we haven't had anything at all so far. I mean, it's it's just been kind of talked about. You know, I know PvP is going to be gauging his... He, he said he has some a couple options, or many people are, are trying to get in his ear and say, I'm sure they know that he can provide good info. So... Um, just kind of gauging where we're at and we'll see where it takes us. Makes all sense. Either way, I want to send lo love to PVP, unexpected news, you know, big news, uh, obviously a, a, an outspoken member of the community, uh, passionate member of the community has a, a lot of love for Apex, adds a lot of value to his teams. I know he'll land softly 
wishing him the best. Excited to see how that story develops. Uh, moving on to the separate topic here, I want to jump into a bit of a, a Q and A deeper dive with the two two guests here. You know, Eric, we we have obviously have a chance to cover phase often on this show. We have a chance to cover North North American audiences and teams often, but it's not often that we actually. This is the first time ever we've brought a European guest, just because time zones have never worked out. We've always done this as Apex after hours after NA Pro League. Y'all are fast asleep at that time. But hockey's for our North American viewers. Obviously, almost everyone knows who you are. You're a household name at this point. But there might be some North American viewers that don't know your full story. Um, if you don't mind, you know, t- tell us a little bit about your kind of highlights of your career. Give us a bit of a background of, of Alliance, um, yourself as an IGL leader of this team, and then what led to the decision to pick up Effect? Um, yeah, I mean, personally, I'm a day one player. Uh, started basically screaming after a few weeks when I figured it was already a competitive scene. So I've been here for a very long time, as long as I can remember. Um, Played in Poland as well. I didn't really quite see any success until I joined Alliance. Uh, that was like after a year into Apex, I joined them. And uh, it's been going good ever since. So we recently had Wives take a break and we needed to look for a fragger. And Effect is literally the best control player in Europe. So we did everything we could to get pick him up because that's what we needed on the team. We needed more aggression. Someone that could take some... Uh, pressure off my shoulders and just help me in the front and get more kills for the team. Love it. That's the, the, the perfect elevator intro is exactly what we're looking for. So I, one thing I want to say, I mentioned in my tweet, you know, uh, long time, first off, you're very humble, found some success. Once you joined Alliance, uh, hockey's and Alliance have been number one or number two team in Europe and EMEA for three years now, going back to the very early ALGS days used to be them and Gambit kind of trading punch for punch. And, and uh, they're the ones that stayed on top of the hill as, as time has progressed here in competitive apex. So uh, very humble, but respect your journey and trajectory tremendously. But one thing I mentioned in my tweet of this show, top fragger and IGL, not just top IGL. You were not only the IGL for the team, but also the fragger. Um, effect now has allowed you to step in really mostly to that IGL role and it's allowed you to stay a little more focused or what, what impact has he made? Uh, it's just like being able to send someone in to get like the entry picks. Usually that used to be me, but uh, it's a little bit too much to like try and get entries for your team while trying to figure out the decisions. So having someone to take that load off your shoulder just helps you stay more calm and focused overall. So it's just easier to play your own game. Awesome. And, then t- and talking about Yuki, how does he round out the team? What role does Yuki play for, play for the squad? Uh, Yuki's the natural support player. He's just, uh, he anchors our team and he just makes sure that nobody pulls up on our back and he just, he's the glue at the moment. I love it. And that makes what I, what I like to call the new the new boy band of Apex. He used to call the old CLG roster the boy band of Apex, but it's uh, it's your squad now, man. You guys you guys have great personalities, uh, fun to watch, entertaining, um, you know, in every in every facet. Eric, uh, you've been competing against hockeys for a while, Vane. Same with you. I'd love to get your guys' take on, on this Alliance squad. What effect brings the team? And in general, what's it like playing against uh, against these guys? Vane, start with you. Um, anytime that we know we're fighting Alliance, we immediately try to figure out where effect is, and immediately try to kill him. Because if not, it is a ticking time bomb. I feel like in fights, if you give him enough time, like he's actually just so good. He he's insane. But yeah, super super daunting to fight them. But uh, really good team. I like them a lot. Eric, I mean, yeah, it's as soon as I see like a Newcastle team or anything like that just running at me, it's kind of like, well, here we go. This is a full commit fight every time. Um, it's, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting because Alliance is one of the few teams that really takes these niche comps and, and maximizes the potential out of them. 
And, and I think it's, it, it, this comes back to what everyone talks about where it's like, if you were the only, um, back in the day, if you were like the only Pathfinder, you can make Pathfinder work. If you were the only like one of a certain character, like that character can thrive because people aren't used to playing against it. Like the counter picks aren't there. People, people have gone out of the way to start metas, to counter pick those metas back and forth, back and forth. But, um, it doesn't seem like Alliance really cares about what the meta is. They just, they just create what is the most comfortable or the best play style for them. So I think that like shows, I guess, example of how much effect helps that team is because they can just be comfortable playing whatever it is that they want to play. Uh, and and they're, they're clearly one of the most aggressive teams. I feel like any, anytime I get into a fight with them, the fight ends pretty much right away. Like there's, there's no stalling out fights. It's you have to finish these fights ASAP so you can reset and focus on what's next. next. And I think that's just like they trust each other to dive in. They don't need to micro it super hard. They just they know what they have to do and, and clear it out and look for the next opportunity. Love it. I'm glad you bring that up, Eric, because I'd love to get your take on that. How, how do you guys theorycraft these comps, right? And for those that aren't aware, you know, because maybe they only watch NA Pro League, uh, Hockey's an alliance, the first team, this split to start running Rampart. They did it in EMEA, and then some North American team started taking it. Well, technically, it was G-Dolphin a long time ago, but I, I digress. Uh, and then switched back to Newcastle when everyone switched off of Newcastle. So you, you guys are always leading the way and going off meta. Why is that, and how do you theorycraft it? How does it work? Uh, I mean, we just have a very set play style of how we want to play the game, and we just maximize that around the POIs that we play. Because I think that's like a very common mistake that people don't do. That people do a lot is they don't play a comp around their own POI, and they don't play a play style around their own POI. It's like if you have an edge POI, you gotta be an edge comp. If you have a zone POI, you gotta be a zone you know, comp. You know, it's just like you gotta adapt to your own environment and try to make it as consistent as possible because that's the whole point of BRs is just to be consistent. So we just kind of focus on ourselves and play the characters that make our play style the most consistent from our environment. It's interesting. And, and dive, dive a bit deeper for us. So, you know, in what way did Rampart help you be that edge team? And in what way does Newcastle help you be that edge team? Why those picks specifically as of late? Uh, I mean, we played Callus at the start, but then we figured from our playstyle, we usually never like play any buildings or anything like that. So then only her ulti is useful. So basically we only use one part of the character and that's on like a three minute cooldown. So every time the ultimate is on cooldown, she's useless. So we just figured, what can we do with Rampart? A character that's way more uptime. You know, if you have the walls, the walls are just, you can have three at a time and it's like a 20 second cooldown. So you just have a hundred percent more uptime with Rampart for our playstyle than we did with the uh, Catalyst. So, you know, we just figured we'd be able to play that and along the way counter some of the other abilities since everybody else was just playing walls and hiding, we could build cover <laughs> around that. So we just figured it was a good counter and better playstyle for us so we can get more out of the abilities than we could with Catalyst. Uh, but then we figured that Rampart wasn't getting us enough kills. So we didn't really want to stick to Rampart because even though it was better than Catalyst, it still wasn't really our playstyle. So then we swapped it up again and we tried out Ash. And Ash, I mean, we won a week with her, but uh, there were still some flaws. Like we could still control very good, very good space with Ash, but uh, it's just, it wasn't consistent in the terms of how you wanted to play the game. It was just kind of, we played really well that week and it worked out. So that's kind of why we swapped up Ash, even though we did really well. Uh, and then we took over Newcastle because Newcastle is like one of the most consistent characters in the game when it comes to resetting and also being able to be aggressive to look for more kills. So we put, tried out Newcastle, gave us more fighting power, could take more space and just reset more to just not go out as soon as we take a fight. 
It actually, now that I think about it, it only got stronger because the seer res doesn't happen anymore. Like the seer cancel res doesn't happen anymore. So Newcastle can help reset, put the walls down. It kind of is like a mixture of the whole like rampart and catalyst. Like you said, you're getting a maximum of both the abilities and the character and what they can do. Yeah, the only thing awkward now is with the new silence. I'm pretty sure that if you silence a Newcastle, he loses his shield. So he's kind While of while he rests, he just like drags you around. Yeah, I think he just drags you in the open. So it's a little bit Gears awkward of war. now. I think. Gears but... of war. Times, yeah. <laughs> so Spot I don't know. Over the shoulder. We'll see. I still like Newcastle a lot, but I feel like he's just he's a very clunky character that can make a lot of mistakes if you don't play him correctly. Hundred percent. Like the ulti is very inconsistent in terms of placement. I know that they just did patch notes on that, but it still feels a little bit wonky. Uh, I've been begging the devs to make a like a toggle switch on the ulti so that you can toggle on and off if you can jump on your on your teammates or not, because that's the biggest problem. If one of your teammates just mm. slightly strafes in front of you, you just oh, randomly right. lock on your teammate, and that oh just ruins God. the entire fight. So if you could just do... teammate, yeah. exactly. So if you could just switch that off, you know, like just make it so that if you press H or whatever the character utility action, you just turn off lock into your teammates, then Newcastle would be a 10 times better character. Wow. So interesting. Yeah, good, great to get that perspective. And uh, we're going to jump into a, a full meta discussion here in a little bit. Um, I love that you, you gave us a great preview, Hockey. So it's actually good to hear that perspective. And look, for those that don't know, maybe they're recent fans of the LGS, uh, Hockey's and, and the Alliance have been doing this since the very beginning. You guys have always gone Thermal Station on World's Edge. You've never moved away from that POI. And back when you know Bloodhound was was a great you know pick, you guys kind of helped pioneer the Bloodhound meta. You guys ran Wraith. You guys were not afraid to run hard edge comps, and you've been kind of playing your POI longer than most teams. So kudos to y'all for always adapting uh, to whatever's the latest you know flavor of the month. And it's been really really impressive seeing your, your trajectory. I want to shift the conversation now to Oxygen and do the same thing with Vane here. I think Oxygen is such a fascinating team to me. One because of this guy that's on the show with us, Vane. Probably the most humble pro player in Apex, even though he's an ALTS champion, even though he's on a top team, he still doesn't consider himself to be one of the best. He's just, he's just, I mean, maybe he does, he has confidence, but he's still humble. He's still just as much a fan of Apex, flew to London just to enjoy it as a fan. Well, now you're going to be competing, Vane. For those that don't know you, give us a quick intro, man, of, of your journey and trajectory. Keep it brief, like Hockey said, but but give us a quick intro. Um, all right, well, also, um, day one player randomly saw the game come out on Steam, downloaded it, game was super fun. Um... Probably like uh, two months later, I really got into it uh, competitively because I was competing at, in Siege before I played this game, and I got an offer to go back and play. So I I played, and then and then I came back. Um, so like season one of Apex, I really just dialed in on it. Um, and I shifted around a couple of times, played with a couple of teams. I was just a noob pretty much. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. And then I found Omnu super early on and then i played with him for like probably two years two and a half years maybe even three years so long time played with him but um wow. we we were just all free agents you know we all worked jobs and then we quit we quit our jobs like three months before year one champs and then one champs and got signed to hundred thieves and then moved to texas together lives changed together super cool and then after that kind of had a slow period and then and if you don't mind actually just click into that you, you know again it could be keep it brief but talking about the adversity why did they make the decision to part ways with you on 100 thieves you know change lives together you guys well, all moved to texas what happened there yeah i think it has to do with um there's just a lot of things that didn't have to do with the game necessarily like i, I had accomplished pretty much all of my big goals and i never really realigned myself with like what i was trying to do um, so I didn't really know why I was playing. Mm. 
And um, I think it's super important to stay like focused and aligned on, on goals. Um, so I was just kind of like playing to play and showing up to scrims to show up to scrims. And there's this weird off time in Apex after Pro Leagues where it's literally just online scrims until playoffs. And it's like super hard downtime. So it's like really easy, I think, for a lot of teams to just kind of either not improve or just actually go the opposite way and like get worse as a team or get worse chemically together. Because um, it's so easy after like a stressful Pro League split to just not really care about the scrims you're playing. It's like an off time. So I don't know. I basically just like lost passion and it was costing. So I was like, you know, let's give it one more week. And if I can't figure it out, you know, it's best for everybody. And it was fairly mutual then. Okay. Interesting. You yeah, it was, it was 100% mutual. Wow. I respect yeah. that tremendously. And, and since then you obviously regained your passion. Was it, you know, you were again, probably at a, at a low, right? Um, you had no passion for the game, no direction. You, you just got, you know, moved away from hundred thieves, a championship winning mm -hmm. roster, you know, whole, whole dream. And did you get reignited by this purpose of working your way back to the top? Or, or what was it that helped you kind of find Aiden and, and talking about that, that side of the story? Um, yeah, I think at the time, I just didn't really understand what was going on. Because um, me and Omnia had been, like, diving for the same goal for so long. Like, we knew what we needed to do. The road was quite clear. But once we had, I had gotten past that point, the road was, like, no longer clear. I didn't know exactly what I was needing to do. Um, but I think as I progressed, it became more and more clear to me, like, you know, I need to be more valuable in other ways as a player than like M and K Fragger because that's not it's like not exactly a sought after role anymore. So like I need to start being able to co call or IGL entirely, which is what I kinda focused on. Just kinda redefine yourself. Yeah. Just kinda have to like reinvent myself as a player and like what I bring to the table. Awesome. Um yeah. Since then, you obviously pick up uh, the Arena Demons, then known as the BR Demons, get signed by Glitch, mm -hmm. and you guys work your way to the top. And you actually told me in London, I'll never forget this, uh, mark my words, we will qualify for the next land, and here you are now. You guys are on top of the Pro League for quite some time. How's the journey been with the squad? And you guys have been together for a while. Um, uh, a lot of people have tried to poach Aiden. People don't know that, but everyone's trying to poach Aiden <laughs> yeah. to take him, and you guys are Yeah, still like five times. <laughs> um, no, they actually picked me up. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, they were like looking for an MK player for some reason. And then they played with me in like two scrims once. And they're like, yeah, let's play. I was like, okay. And that was it. And then that was like nine months ago, like last September. And I only told you that we would qual because of the whole like glitch signing thing because of the staff. Because I knew our coach and analyst that came with glitch. and our manager would like like I think we could have gotten there on our own but having the staff behind you is like I think it just like cuts down immensely on the amount of time and effort wow. that you need to put in like I don't think we would have followed if we didn't have like the staff that we do have um I think they make a huge difference that's super interesting. Was not expecting that twist and turn or that take. That's uh, I respect the respect that you're giving to the staff and the team, and that's uh, I like the humility and in, in, in giving credit where it's due as well. Uh, that's awesome. Um, same question I want to ask you, Snipe on Hockey's. When you guys go up against Oxygen, Eric, you obviously did a week in and week out in Pro League. You know, Hockey's you have in a variety of tournaments. 
what are your thoughts? Obviously, Vane's playing with two of the two of the top controller players in North America. Eric, start with you. Yeah, I mean, I can start. I mean, we contested them at Lava Fisher for a little bit. Uh, tried to figure out what was worth it, and it just they are a team that capitalizes on on damage and openings. So, which is why they're such a strong fighting team. Um, I think. Originally, it felt like they were trying to play zone, and then they realized that they're good enough to run around, kind of work their way in, fight their way in. And, you know, when we contested them, it just felt like any time that, that there was an opening, they swarmed. They didn't really have to micro each other. It was just kind of you hear damage, and you know that this is the opening. This is, And they, they don't hesitate. So you can tell that they trust each other as teammates, um, which is honestly the most important thing because hesitating in any game, like this goes back to like Halo or Apex or whatever it is, like you, you hesitate for 0.5 seconds and that could be the make or break point in that fight and it it just feels like the teams that are on point and like you look at i i compare it to almost like tsm early on you could tell in the season like they didn't like trust each other they 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 were all on all different areas and now look they're winning like seven out of the last 10 scrim blocks you can tell that they're feeling each other and and that's just coming down to trusting your teammates and i think oxygen absolutely has that right now and they've been a, a strong team um closing out pro league i mean i think they were placing in the top like five almost every week in pro league maybe besides like twice i think tops and i mean that just goes consi consistency is key Takis. yeah i would say the same thing i feel like uh, i haven't watched them enough uh watch them a lot or play them a lot but the few times i played them they've been looking really strong in fights uh they seem to have really good synergy uh they've been pretty annoying on edge at world of edge so <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know too much about their macro, but they're definitely a strong fighting team as far as I can see. They look like they got great synergy. And I was going to say the same thing. They're dropping just north of you at Lava Fissure, so you might yeah. be running into them here here and there uh, on LAN. Um, Van, any, uh, any thoughts on, on what they shared? And in particular, to get your take, were you actually trying to be an edge team? Is Eric right about that? or was... um, Well, I think now that we play Bangkat, it's like our play style, like we play very hybrid from both of our POIs. And our comp... You know, like Hacky said, our comp lets us play very, very hybrid. Like we have Bang and Cat for survivability on edge and walking the rings, and then we also just have Cat um, and Seer for getting into rings early, understanding where teams are at, and then taking spots that that are good for our comp to walk in from there. Um, so, like, if the zone is super far, like we're not going to go for it. We're just going to craft and then play to our strength, play to our fights, and then if the zone is super close and and we have a ton of macro set up for all of those zones, so we just play play the zone. And uh, that's pretty much it. Love it. Great to get the perspective. Super fun team to watch. And, you know, one thing I love most about y'all is you still got the Arena Demons core as part of your DNA from the standpoint <laughs> of you guys don't back down from contests. I mean, you guys have fought for all your POIs. You were a non-pro yep. team that had to kind of grind your way to the top of the pro league and take POIs from top pro teams at the time, and you did it. You guys have now successfully gotten both of your POIs. You guys fought hard for Barometer, you fought hard for Lava Fissure, and, and you got both of them. And that's that's the kind of arena style of gameplay. They're really good at 3v3s, those two kids on your team, which is great. So good, fun team to watch. If you guys are, if anyone watching right now on After Hours is looking for a team to be a fan of going into Split 2 playoffs, look, FaZe, Alliance, two great teams to be fans of. But the Oxygen underdog story has been a really, really fun one watch unfold over the last nine months from not qualifying barely missing to qualifying congratulations on all the success fan thank you let's uh shift the conversation out and want to know everyone's been looking forward to it's time for meta all up discussion around meta changes gameplay analysis there's been a lot that's been going on right we had the seer overhaul what does that mean for competitive apex we've had trials loot changes we've had crafting rotation nemesis nerfs 
uh, AVA 8 adjustments and more. We're going to jump into all of those discussions. But first things first, let's take a look at the most impactful one, the most discussed one, uh, the SEER changes. We have the patch notes ready for y'all. And I'd love to jump right into it. Um, any of y'all, uh, thoughts on this change? What has it done for the scene? Good, bad, neutral? I'd love your take. Um, no, I guess I go first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I feel like the passive was a good change, good nerf. Uh, it is pretty short now, which is good. It should not be long at all. I feel like even it could reduce it even a little bit, like more like 30, 40. It's, yeah, it's an okay, okay spot now. 75 was definitely too long. Uh, the Q overall got a buff, in my opinion. I feel like it's even more oppressive now. Uh, but I do like the playstyle more of Sierra now. Like, it's kind of just. You hit your queue and you send it rather than being reactionary before before you just kind of have to wait for people to get cracked and then use your queue after that so it felt slow your whole playstyle was just waiting for something to happen and then you can use your abilities now you can just use your ability and then play off of that which is more fun in my opinion uh the ult change was good as well i feel like the only being able to throw it at your feet is a good change uh doesn't you have to actually be in the fight to use it which is a good change and uh Overall, the ulti is still good in my opinion. Like, sure, you can play around it by jumping and crouching, but you're still making people uncomfortable, and it's still like the threat of the ulti being there makes people play scared. So, you still have that 25 second window of people being terrified. So, I still think the ulti is in a good spot. Uh, I feel like we could do uh, nerf the ulti even a little bit more nerf the passive even a little bit more and then for the q i would personally remove the slow i think the slow is way too op and then i would reduce the time for silence and then i mean at least he'd be in a decent spot then but prefer about just remove the character altogether but <laughs> so if you had your way you'd say get rid of the character don't even make it part of the third of apex yeah there's yeah. a hot take the take i was looking for which i don't think is a hot take necessarily i think a lot of pros agree with that what, what else do you guys think we'll also. get to the pick and ban system i'm sure at some point as well of, of <laughs> if that could work or not but i am uh oh where, where do i begin here with the with the seer changes pretty much so i i do like the heartbeat got reduced to from 50 to 75 meters i mean that's good um i i liked the delay that it there was before i don't think that they should have reverted that to what it was where you just pull it up and you instantly have information i think that's too powerful to like i mean there are so many assets of seer that are, are seen in other characters like uh, uh he's a better bloodhound obviously there's so there's just so many things that he does like the silence is a better you have revenant silence like like going from 1.75 seconds of a silence to 10 seconds i don't know if people real like realize how long that is that is an absurd amount of time when, in especially in professional play, and I know like you don't want to make changes at a game based off of just competitive play, but I don't think that this is something that's just competitive. Like 10 seconds, if you scan two people with Seer Silence and you're close enough, you're full sending and the fight's over within three to five seconds because you have all the info on where they're at. They're slow, no abilities. Like it's just this, this glass cannon snowball of, or like death ball where you end the fight instantly. It, it's, it's too it's just too strong the ult the ult is good honestly i, I don't mind the ult that much i i think like it's still powerful i mean you still have a lot of information i like the after image footsteps that you see um but i i just think the q is just it's too good and the fact that they made it so it's almost impossible to dodge like you can't dodge the q anymore you see the q you're you're, you're getting hit by it and like that's just you're getting you're getting full sent i think 
I think the delay was something where you needed to have more skill, and now it's just throw your cue, initiate a fight, and death ball. So I'm not a very big fan of the changes, to be honest. <laughs> so delete here. Yeah, I'm on board with that as well. Good point. And I noted chat, good info from Zach Mazur saying most kind of casual players don't know how to take advantage of time like pros do. So the 10 seconds is is a, is a is good for them. And that's a good point. That's what makes it kind of tough, right? And that's why I'm excited to get into the wish list conversation. Those that are just tuning in, we're going to have a, a whole segment, a whole discussion around like, look, anything goes, wish list of what can get added to competitive Apex to make competitive Apex more competitive and, and have better competitive integrity in esports. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Van, I'm going to give you final thoughts though. Anything that these guys have shared that you, that you uh that you uh or sorry anything these guys have not shared that you want to speak to um yeah i think this year changes i think it's definitely like the queue is just so busted now um but we benefit heavily from this change just <laughs> the way this just having reads on seer and just the way it plays out like we could delete seer maybe after london but until then, like, <laughs> then maybe it's fine to leave them in. Keep them in for us until London. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Just Give us a break. Selfishly... You know, it's our first land. Like, let us have Seer for our first land, and then <laughs> their first land. That's awesome. Selfishly and subjectively, keep Seer. Objectively, would you would be honest? Would you remove Seer from the game, or do you actually kind of like uh, avoid mob mentality, uh, avoid group think? Do you actually like how, what what Seer brings to your team? Your ability to play aggressive with Seer. Um. I love what it does for my teammate reads. It like negates all of his cons and enables him to like be better at what he's good at. So I love what he does for him. So I probably wouldn't want to like delete him. Um, but he's I, I think he just needs he just needs more nerfs. Symbols that yeah. interesting. Well, we'll see what changes end up coming, and it seems like a lot of his changes can be tunable, like you, like you said, Eric. Seconds and timers for certain things, rather than ten, seven. I mean, who, who knows? They can find a, a nice sweet spot that keeps Seer in the in the game, and it's good to get a, a little bit of a different take from you, Bane. Um, shifting conversation outside of Seer, uh, all things meta. Let's talk Legend meta right now. Um, you know, what's what's flavor of the month? What's off meta that's working? Obviously, you know, hockey season started to jump into it a little bit earlier. I'll, I want to give you the first pass here. Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of where meta is in terms of legend meta right now? And uh, are people making right decisions, you know, running, continuing to run cats here? Are people making wrong decisions? Do you think we should see more Newcastle? Or is it really just POI dependent, like you said earlier? I think it's mostly the POI dependent for almost everyone. It's like you just default to a controller legend and then you scan ring console. And then you have the flexibility of being able to do what you want. Uh, Catalyst or Caustic is like, you can still be aggressive edge, and they are still like very consistent characters, so you're fine in however you want to play it. Then then you have like the zone teams that are hard zone almost every game. They're forced to play Watson because otherwise they run out of resources. So it's like, or same with the Rampart, to be honest. Like Rampart is also great as like controlling resources. So if you're a hard zone team, you probably play Rampart or Watson. If you're a little bit more like hybrid where you can play edge and fight, then you're probably leaning towards Catalyst or maybe Caustic on Wood's Edge. But... I think the meta is pretty defined. It is, I think there's like three comps that are very common, and then there are a few outliers, but they're not common. So it's a very, very defined meta right now. Not necessarily the most diversity uh, or you know scattering of, of characters is what I'm hearing from hockey's Eric Vane, Would you guys agree? And, and, and in general, I'll just ask you guys: is, is is meta in a healthy place right now? Legend meta compared to other metas we've had in the past, is it in a healthy place or unhealthy? I think it's in a healthy place. I mean, we have a, it's a still diverse character selection. You know, in the past we had 
we had metas in the past where you had you picked three characters and it was one, one set time. of yeah. comps like the entire time and then gibby got introduced and all of a sudden you could throw a gibby or a watson in there and then people were putting them together now you can at least have like a, a lot of these characters can be used well together so we're seeing unique comps um i think i mean this is going to go back to what we just talked about with seer like seer is making it difficult to play comps without him because if we want to play a rampart and we get you know, and we're getting our walls blown up and all of a sudden we get seer scanned, like the rampart becomes a completely useless character. And I, I don't like I I don't like it when it becomes ability legends and, and you are so reliant on abilities to win or lose games, but that is what it's become. So having a silence like that is is you almost need it to create openings and it, it's it's the number one like character to create an opening i feel like that i think i think bangalore as well i've i've been the biggest fan of bangalore for a, one of the longest times like the amount of space that you can take with bangalore especially bangalore horizon like teams holding height you can bangalore ult the teams on height if one of those rockets hit someone on height you queue up you ult they're stuck they can't move they're trapped like there's so much uniqueness when it comes to building team compositions and it really is just about where you're landing on the maps um I guess the style of play that your team wants to have, you know, if I'm a hard edge team, I think Bangalore horizon is one of the best Bangalore horizon here. Seer probably one of the best comps that you could put together. So it really is just kind of theory crafting and figuring out what works best for your teams and how you want to play. Shiv tried telling y'all man, Shiv the visionary for years <laughs> has been trying to put Bangalore on. Finally it happens. No, I, I completely agree with that uh, entirely. Vane, anything you'd add? I think, I think the meta that we have now is, is super skillful to be honest. Like it doesn't feel like, when we lose fights, it's like have any fault than our own, or that the other team played extremely well. You know, it, it does. I don't feel like we're just losing to gimmicks unless you know you get like triple seer scanned or something crazy. But it doesn't feel like people are winning or losing right now because of weird like gimmicky comps that are just you know ability spam or something crazy. But I just I don't know. I feel like it's really I feel like it's really skillful right now. So. I think that's the main thing I like about the meta that we're in. I agree. I, I really like the addition of Evax as well. The the Evax really removed Valk from the game uh, quite a lot, so that opened up a lot more diversity as well. So I think Valk was a hundred percent pick rate, wasn't it? Like Val the character yeah. was a hundred percent pick rate at the last at lane at champ almost. at champs. Yeah, yeah, at champs. I believe it. Maybe at Sweden and maybe in London as well, close to 100% pick rate. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to see where that's at because I, I and as well as Seer, because I know Seer was almost 100% as well for a little while and then people were switching up. So I actually haven't seen a, a display of what the team comp percentages are uh, as of late, but it'd be curious to see. It's probably the most diverse it's ever been right now. Case Winnie asking for Lifeline 100% pick rate in the, in the <laughs> chat, of course, Case Winnie is. <laughs> Lifeline also just got nerfed because of the Seer change. Because Seer, the Lifeline, when Lifeline would res, the Seer scan didn't cancel that res. And so now it doesn't matter. Like, it, it doesn't change anything. Yeah, it's, that is absolutely rough. A uh, note from our producer, too. Evac Tower spawn rate was nerfed this mid-season patch to match the spawn rate of heat shields in normal games, which is interesting. But no, it's, uh, it's refreshing to hear that from y'all. Look, it sounds like all three of you agree. Meta's in a great spot. I think a lot of the changes that came in, some of the hot fixes, making sure that Seer and cat was shooting diamonds through walls got removed. That was kind of a gimmick that people didn't like some of the seer gimmick, you know, heal cancels got removed. I, I think honestly, we got to give credit where credit's due. I think respawn's been listening and respawn's been applying some changes, a lot of hot fixes that have been welcomed. You know, the hot fix to the nemesis audio issue, you know, really helped with the overall health of the game. 
Um, outside of just legend diversity, all up meta, you know, weapon balance, what's what's kind of in meta right now? Obviously, SMGs are, are, are super powerful right now. Uh, what else do you guys think are, are, are to top of mind? I mean, um, ne Nemesis is just incredibly broken still. Like, you got a small nerf, but it's basically it didn't do anything. Like, I haven't felt the difference at all. Um, and then the other meta is just SMGs, right? Like you pick up an R9, you pick up a Prowler. Uh, if you don't find an R9, you go, you go you go car. So it's just like, I don't know. The meta is pretty, I would say the weapon meta is pretty boring, to be honest. It's just Nemesis SMG, and then that's what you play if you find it. So I don't know. I have some so ideas on. Change a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, I 100 agree. I think the Nemesis is just like the most broken weapon that's in the game at the moment in terms of what it's able to do. And I think the charge up is is honestly probably the issue is because once you get it charged up, like you can delete someone in, in no time at all. It wasn't the bullet drop. It wasn't anything else like that. It's like I mean, I've gone into fights where I'll pre charge up a Nemesis and just dive in and just watch people just just explode. Um, but I, I like. The meta, I mean, you have the 301 that got nerfed, so the 301 rarely ever gets used. The gun just feels incredibly weak in compared to the other ARs. Like, if I'm going to run an AR, it's going to be a Nemesis. And if I'm if I'm not running a Nemesis, I'm either running a Scout, I'm not picking up another AR. There's no other AR that I would want to use in this current meta. Um, shotguns are non-existent. Like, maybe if Gibraltar came back, you might see some more shotguns. But I, I think that there just needs to be an overall balance. And I think, like, I think SMGs are very strong. You have the R99, which is just the best weapon, the best sub that you can get. Um, I think that SMGs should have the laser sight removed from them. I don't think that I don't think the laser sight should be necessary on the SMGs, which is already the the number one gun that people go to. If you go into the range and you shoot them without the laser sight, like you still have good hip fire accuracy from the range that you're supposed to. But with the laser, it's like I can hit mid range, perfect sprays going up horizon cues with the prowler that are hitting for 75, and it's like that is that is unbelievable. Um, with with how versatile it is and because of that it completely shuts out all shotguns and it's like you want to have the most balance with weapons that you can possibly have i think that they have done a good job they're they're doing some stuff but that's just a, a change that i would probably make Dan and hockey so anything else you'd add um yeah i would agree the weapon that is pretty boring i think adding prowler uh full auto back would definitely spice things up in the worst way possible, but mm -hmm. <laughs> um, no, it's definitely like really boring, especially kind of like on a band comp because it's like, I mean, I'm sure it's the same for everybody, but on Digi Day, it's like you know, three R9s, Digi three Nemesis, Digis every game. It's like, just it's like pretty the Digi boring. from the game, please. Yeah, that that side is that just shouldn't even be a thing. You think you think Digis out of the game would be a good quality life fix? Hundred percent. Yeah, I or do. Least, yeah, actually, yeah, I do. Or at least fix the digi so that you know that you're being like scanned, because that's mm -hmm. like the most frustrating part about the digi is you don't know if anybody can see you. So if you're in a bank smoke and the other guy's on the other side, you have no clue if he's a threat or not. Maybe so like, like a, vi a visual effect, a, a glare that comes off if it's a digi threat or something that says. Yeah, like, like a van vantage sniper thing. You know, you see a whole laser pointing at you, so like you know that you're about to get shot through the smoke or something. But yeah, it's just incredibly frustrating not knowing whether or not they can shoot you or whether or not they can see you. Because if you're on Wallax for like Bloodhound or Seer, at least you have an indicator, right? You know to take cover. But with a Digi, you just get randomly beamed and then it's just GG's. Yeah, that's a great point. So it sounds like Legend meta right now, uh, 8 out of 10, I'm using European grading skills because Hockey's is here. 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. 
uh, is I think what I'm hearing from y'all. Do you guys agree with that? Legend Legend Meta is pretty healthy, eight eight plus. Yeah, it's okay. Right yeah, there? I would okay. agree there. Even, even the, hockey, so he's a critical eye. Bro, the game's in a good spot. I I really think the game is in one of the best spots it's been in terms of characters and weapons, and it, it's fun. But the bigger issue is I don't have something to get on and play and enjoy that's not competitive. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have, I can't hop on and play for eight hours like I used to, and I would not. I, time would fly, and I'd be like, "Wow, it's eight hours already!" Like I'm three hours in, and I'm thinking, "What? What am I gonna do to get like some dopamine back into my?" my gaming experience and i was like i'm starting to play other games i'm starting to enjoy other things and it's like i want to love apex the way i loved it in the past and and get on and three stack with my friends and vibe and, and banter and play ranked and it be challenging and take me back to that season of ranked where it was you know multiple teams end zones like i'm playing pro lobby end zones and that was the most fun that i'd had playing this game and now it just seems regardless of how good it is it feels dull as a as a professional, I don't know if the community is the same way, but it just feels really dull. And it feels like no matter what playlist I'm going into, I'm getting the same experience. And it, I don't know, just it, it's kind of depressing. Yeah, I mean, it's like the pubs, ranked, and LTMs all play out the same. It's just mindless zombie mode, just running people at people and then dying and then going next. It's like there's no, there's no thought process going on. You're just shooting your gun and then going next. That's all you're doing. So it's just like you turn into a zombie and then after a few hours, you're burnt out. And like you said, there's no dopamine. There's no late games you're coming to. Like, there's no intensity at all. Interesting. Well, look, this is going to be later in the show. I've been hinting it, teasing it the entire show. Uh, but we're going to move it up now because I think the topic is ripe. Uh, wishlist for competitive Apex. You know, um, really, this is an anything goes discussion. I'm really curious to get your, your the thoughts from the three of you. And anyone in chat, please add to this. Uh, we actually have someone taking notes and just collecting feedback. So I think it'd be really interesting to hear. What is your wishlist for for apex legend competitive apex legend specifically that could help from a quality of life perspective competitive integrity perspective entertainment esports growth helping the scene grow really anything goes let's start with gameplay first just to keep the topic narrowed and focused and then we could you know broaden it to things like ranked mode or other modes but gameplay specifically and i'll just kind of throw some ideas out there to start the discussion things like spawning with gray backpacks um things like removing the p2020 from the loot pool to clean up the loot pool any loot pool changes that can be made um, changing drop pathing, changing the way zones works, changing the way beacons work, anything goes here. I would really love to get your guys' thoughts and have just an open discussion around what changes, what quality of life fixes can make Apex more competitive. Eric, I want to start with you. Um, kick us off. Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple ideas actually as of late. I think Landslide just got a beacon on World's Edge and that wasn't there. And it's a really low spawn rate. But I, I think that if, you, like, if you're going to land on Edge, then you shouldn't have beacon spawn rate to be like extremely high because you're choosing to land on edge POIs. I, I think that beacons could be adjusted in terms of how good the loot is at the POI. Like if, if you have high tier loot or like a really high tier loot, you shouldn't be given a beacon and a recon beacon and balloons to get out of and all this. There's a lot of things there that are making these POIs way stronger than other ones. And I don't know if the goal is to balance out all the POIs. I know there's like the higher tier loot, low tier loot, middle of the map spawns don't have as high of loot, but um, in terms of competitive, I think that that's something that could that could easily uh, be adjusted to improve the quality of life. What else? I actually really like that idea of balancing a map uh, from from the out in. You know, you sacrifice your positioning for better loot, or for better loot. Yeah, I, uh, I think that would be pretty good. 
Yeah, definitely spawning with a backpack. I'm actually glad you said that. I hate spawning <laughs> without a backpack. I agree. I feel like we're leaving Fisher somebody without a bag every game. <laughs> so annoying. But Alright, cause you got anything? Uh yeah, I got a lot of things I wanna change. Yes, but, sir. Um uh, I wanna hear it. The the biggest thing right now that I wanna change is how these zones work. Like right now you have a time to close and then the time for it like waiting to close. So right now, like the zone one you have waiting to close is like three minutes thirty, where you're doing literally nothing. And then you have the two minutes thirty where you, the zone is actually closing and moving, right? The way I want to change this is just add the time from where you're waiting and doing nothing to the time that the zone, the zone is moving. So if you just make it 30 seconds where you're doing nothing, and then you have a zone that is moving for five minutes straight, but it's moving extremely slow, right? Because you're adding more time to it. That would make just the late game and everything just way more fun to play because once you're getting into zone three, zone four, zone five, if you're in a bad position, you have to take a fight. It's almost over instantly because you're just taking damage from the zone and it's extremely boring. So I feel like it's gatekeeping a lot of interesting fights for the game and just making it super position heavy where you just have way too big an advantage if you're in a better spot than if someone is like, for example, on edge. So if we could just remove a lot of time where the zone is still and not doing anything to the time that's actually moving, then we would still have the same timer overall. Like the games would still have the exact same timing where it ends, but it would just be way more of a dynamic and continuous flow motion of how the game plays out, especially in the later parts of the game. The later parts of the game, you have a one minute 30 of the zone just not doing anything. And then it's 30 seconds until the zone closes. So if you could just turn that around, make it 30 seconds where the zone is standing completely still, and then one minute 30 on the zone closing in like zone five, it would change the game enormously in my opinion Alan chat said sounds like he wants an alliance buff <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just think it's super boring whenever you're like zone four zone five you're running in for zone you're just taking four ticks and then you're dead like there's so many fights that could happen that just aren't happening extremely do, boring to watch do you think that tell you that's like a gameplay issue where people need to recognize like we can't start this fight at 10 seconds left on the clock like we need to initiate a fight with 40 seconds left on the clock that way if it doesn't end quickly, we can come back. We can have maybe one more chance because people are waiting too late to make a move. And then when the move happens, it doesn't end up going as quickly as they needed to. Then the zone's on the back. Then they die with zone running in. I feel like I feel like there is a lot of issues on that where people just wait too long to make like the play that's needed to to have time that, for the zone moving. That's also a problem, is because like depending on your position, then you ha you can't move. Like you literally can't. Like if someone yeah. is like on your left side and you're on the right side. And they have a better position to move into the zone, then they don't have to move. Right. Like if it's slowly moving, then they have to move with you. So then they can't focus you as much as they can, like on as the moving zone is more side. So, for example, if you are just standing still the entire time and you're getting looked at by the left team, then you can only focus about the right team. But if the zone is moving, then the left team might have to do something else once they lose their position, and that gives you an opportunity to actually like, do something instead of the fight just being. Yeah, you took three ticks of zone, you're dead. I was saying, being the first team to move a lot of the time is like just instant death. Like you're just, yeah. you have to wait for other teams to make plays. You're relying on other teams to make plays for you, which create your own openings. And it's, it is, it is a tough system, but so you're kind of saying like the final zone, you want more like the final zone that it's the minute and a half that it takes to close in. You would want that for um, some of the prior zones as well. Yeah, exactly. So just, just have like a zone that is like always moving but very, very slowly so that people actually have 
these fights that could happen out of different positions because there's so much cover that you can play in the later stages that just aren't playable until the zone actually moves right so if you just have this like now this rock is playable now this rock is playable now this rock is playable instead of this zone that just go vroom I don't mind that idea at all, actually. I think that'd be interesting to... I, I wish there was a way to, like, limit test some of this stuff. That was one of my favorite things when it came to Halo, is you could just go into the settings, tweak what you want. You could do you could do so many things, and I just... I wish we had more customization or ways for us to kind of manipulate the game without it having to be some straight-up mod of the game. Yep, completely agreed. And yeah. that's, what's, that's what's... I mean, who knows what's coming? I think we got custom matches. Um, custom matches have slowly been rolling out more and more features. Um, I know we have some insanely passionate people leading the way with customs. I see Hellhavens, speaking of Halo, comes from Halo, grew up playing Halo with all the crazy customization you could do in Halo. And he's the one that kind of built the custom lobby features. He's always in streams watching and collecting feedback and trying to improve the custom match experience. So I think that that was kind of the goal for this discussion is let's, let's start a brainstorm and a discussion, um, send it over to respawners. And we know they're always watching, they're passionate. And who knows what can come to custom matches and give us a chance to, to drive meaningful change that makes our esport more competitive. But what else? Let's keep the brainstorm going. I love that idea. You said you had a bunch of ideas. Though. What else? What else you got? It's a good first one. Uh, yeah, like I said <laughs> earlier about the, about earlier about the Newcastle interaction. Like we could switch off teammates. Yep. That is a huge one that I would personally want as well. Uh, I just more line changes. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll be a little bit biased, definitely. I'm just kidding. Uh, but overall, just. I just want them to finally rework Wallax. Like, I know they've been mm -hmm. talking about it, but it's still like, Wallax have been getting slightly nerfed, but it should just not be in the game at all, in my opinion. Like, I don't know. Vane, I've hated Wallax since day one. Vane, your top, top, top changes that you'd make? Anything else you wanted to add? Um, I have a couple topics I want to start as well, but if you had anything else I wanted to give you the floor. I'll be just making some, like, I don't know. I don't know if I want them to, like, make early game RNG more consistent or not like with dropship rng and beacon rng and like crafter rng I, like i kind of like the fact that uh sometimes you have to play your game differently early game depending on like what you get or not but also like really don't like that so i don't know um if you guys have any thoughts on that one yeah, let's talk about that thoughts on starting weapons you, you start yeah remove p20 and mozan Mo from the loot floor but you spawn with a p20 or a mozan i mean think st starting weapons would be healthy for the game anything goes here in this discussion too I feel like contesting would be really awkward if you actually gave uh, starting guns. I don't know. I don't really like that. Like, imagine you just three-man stacks on with a P20. Like, contest would work. Contest would play out really bad, in my opinion. I feel like in in that regard, I would just up the loot and make it like that. Almost every single bin has at least one gun. You know, like I'd rather see that, like, so that people can play out the early game a lot better and just up the loot overall. I don't know if you can remove a quality of tier loot so that we can just. Mm. Like, I don't know if you need gray items in the game or something like that, but just upping the quality of spawn and just making it more playable so that we don't have to struggle immediately. I know that they talked a lot about the time where it takes to loot and rotating and that they like the way the, the state of the game where they're at, but I feel like you could speed it up a little bit. Like, you know, just get to the point where you're playing the game a little bit faster. That's, um, other Other topic, what about dropping from a dropship um yes there's like a, a skillful element of your drop master has to be good and you have to like stretch to your location but is that good for competitive integrity the fact that one team starts looting and starts their game 30 seconds later than another team who gets to then rotate faster 
is that pure competitive integrity? What else can we do things that, that reduces RNG? Would you guys prefer if you basically picked your starting POI and spawned there or dropped from a pod or anything along those lines? I think it's great for contesting because um, it's like another layer of skill. I think that's it's really nice for contest, but um, like overall, I don't know. I think it kind of, as much as it like skews things, I think it kind of keeps things balanced. Like if the dropship came from the same place every time, like obviously you'd want to like like if dropship came from Fisher every time, like that would just give us a huge advantage for no reason. Um, it'd have to be like balanced, I guess. But maybe the drop pods would actually work. I don't know. Um, everyone just picked where they landed, like Ring of Elysium. I had that idea. They should just. <laughs> I, I had that idea. Speed up, go, the plane. Go, go speed up the plane. Speed up the plane overall. So, like for example, right now it takes almost yeah, 30, yeah. almost thirty seconds until you're across the map, right before you even drop looting. But you get to speed up the plane. So, like for example, if you're starting Fisher and then you're ending Geyser, if that takes like five to ten seconds, then it's not that big of a deal. But you know, you could still be on the ground almost at the same time, even though it's a little bit little bit RNG still, but it's not that bad of a deal. And then I would also love to change storm points. I land lightning rod and the planes are horrible for me. So <laughs> you got to go land with a cannon sometimes because you can't make it up there. The same with people yeah. who go high point sometimes. Yeah, some some planes you don't even reach the cannon. Like you have to walk from the knot because you literally can't reach the cannon. So I don't know. It's really bad. And and how it's posted in chat exactly what I was kind of alluding to is you pick your spawn point in lobby and then you have a drop basically a drop pod or something that immediately drops both teams there. And, uh, you know, yeah, the, the downside of that is it removes the skill gap of, you know, whoever the better jump master is and things like that, but it adds a skill gap of it's an even 50, 50 and that 50, 50 of whichever team wins wins. Do you think that feature alone? And again, I'm not talking about for all of apex. I think this would be a specific for competitive apex thing. I think that feature alone would be good or bad. I think that that's a good idea, but at the end of the day, who's picking where you're dropping in? Are you, are you getting set drops where you're, you're like, is my team going to have the advantage of where my drop pods are on a certain POI? Like, you're not going to, these POIs don't all look like Barrage Voyage, where it's just you could spawn three and three and it turns into an, an arena map. Like, where are my teammates' drop pods going to come in versus the other team? And are they going to get an advantage that they shouldn't have because that's like just another factor of RNG? Like, who's getting the better drop pods in the better area of that contest? Whereas, like, at least with speeding up the ship, you're still using the skill gap of jump master to fight for the spots that you want. You can choose to 50, 50 land on someone. You can choose to swerve off. If they're beating you, you have a lot more time to make that choice rather than just being there and being like, Oh, we got the crappy side. Let's figure out what to do from here. There, there's a double edge to both of that. Cause I, I do like the idea. I thought it would be really cool. I thought about this way when it came to a halo battle Royale, I was like, you have the ODST drop pods that just kind of just throw you on the map and, and that's your POI. And it just kind of launches you down. I think that'd be super cool. Or like, some uh what what is the, what is the movie called uh the hunger games where you kind of just come in from under the ground you just kind of like you pick a poi and you kind of get lifted up with a bunch of other people and and thrown into different areas um there's there's a lot of different things that could be cool that could be done but no matter what you're going to have the counter to to that uh that argument makes sense uh any last thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next one it's a good discussion healthy discussion appreciate y'all starting the discussion um, I think it's a fun conversation that should be having. Any final topics um, outside of game, outside of gameplay? What about ranked uh, things like the ecosystem, the ALGS ecosystem, um, anything along those lines? Let's keep a game game specific. So let's talk about kind of ranked modes and the user journey and the user experience. What do you think could be done for ranked? Is it just like 
fix ranked and make some changes to ranked or is it a whole new experience kind of like Fortnite has the in-game tournament system that you can queue into would things like that be healthy for apex what, what other ideas do you guys have i think they should just make more changes more often like i don't know this season has been somewhat okay but they can just make more patches and more changes in my opinion like test out things like every other week they throw a change into at least one character and just do, do something small, you know, like just change blood on a little bit, change Serial a little bit and just try it out. Same with ranked. I hate the fact that we have to go through a whole system of dis disappointment for an entire season until they make a slight change, you know, like just try things out and like see how they work and change something like more frequently so we can actually like have more things going on instead of just three months of depression until we have to get something new. I don't know. Just more changes overall would be nice. Careful what you wish for, though, because too many changes then makes it hard for competitive integrity because you get used to one thing. And then, you know, Fortnite, was that was a live example. I casted and played a lot of Fortnite. It was every single week something was changing. And the next thing you know, Boombox yeah. was eliminated from the game and no pros had no idea. And all of a sudden they had to deal with that in the game as well. But, but I don't mind that as long as it's like a small change every other week. You know, yeah, like it doesn't have to be a entire rework of everything every other week. You know, just mix a little bit with timers, you know, like reduce the cooldown of CRQ by two seconds or, you know, just do something small to keep the game fresh all the, the time. Makes sense. Where it... Good call. Eric, Van, what else you got? Um, I think my season? biggest gripe with, with ranked is just matchmaking, to be honest. Like, I think it's just such an easy fix to fix, you know, entry cost and, like, the way the RP and whatever flows, but, like, I don't know, they just cannot seem to figure out matchmaking for some reason. I think that's just, like, the biggest thing. Like, if you have more, if you have better players in your lobby, when you're a good player, like, it's just going to feel better. Because, um, like, I'm personally fine with, like, how the RP works, but it's only not fun because, yeah, there's already half a million Masters players. Because, and, like, there's, <laughs> there's no matchmaking, you know? Like, that's what is insane. that? I just feel like everyone I face, I feel like it's just like a pub lobby. I don't know. I feel like there's no matchmaking. It's a bunch of participation trophies for people that don't play the game the way that you need. Like, and, I, and I've had people argue. I posted this clip that was one of the most frustrating clips. I'm constantly fighting teams and my teammates are sitting in trees right next to me, not helping, not shooting their guns. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> you're like, well, they're playing the game the right way. It's a battle royale. You're supposed to get the end game. I'm like, this is a joke though. Like we are making a mockery of what it means to be a top player in this game like you you are supposed to be the unique 0.1 of skill gap and there are more masters players than like multiple other tiers combined and that and i'm gonna i'm gonna this is, could be a hot i miss realm i miss realm a lot because it yeah. at least provided for higher quality players but then the qualifications to get into realm were be a masters player and so now we have masters players that are able to rat their way without shooting their guns who are who were who were like going to infest the realm que realm queues as well because those were the qualifications like and so it's a byproduct of that that has caught that caused a lot of things to start snowballing downhill and I think a lot of people took realm for granted early on I think I think people got frustrated with it and it now we have nothing so I think people really need to be more appreciative when we have things that could provide for a good quality gameplay and I would. Like, people were complaining about the money aspect of Realm, whatever it was going on in the scenes. I would play Realm for free. I don't care about the money that was going on there. I just want to play high-quality Apex games because the only form of, of that I have is international scrims right now. That's it. And then these random pop-up tournaments that happen, which I'm obviously appreciative for. But, like, what else do we have? We, we, need to, we need to really 
take our wins when we have them instead of trying to drive everything into the ground and pick out all these all these things that you can nitpick because it will drive away anyone who is willing to put that effort in for us yeah yeah you you, you made a good a joke there van but it's true i think the reality is there there were good quality of life changes for the lowest tier of casual player at the top of the funnel right the new player to apex I think it's much better to, to help bring new players in rather than just playing Battle Royale and dying over and over again. You have mixtape, you have an onboarding experience, a lot of work, dev work went into that experience. I would love to see Respawn go to the opposite side of that spectrum now and, and create uh, actual dev work, meaningful dev work for the most competitive tier of competitive Apex because that's what makes your game sticky. That's what gets players that you know, want to play your game for hours and hours on end. When Ranked came out, that's what drew players like Nick Merckx to the scene who have brought millions of, of new players to Apex Legends uh, was that competitive Ranked experience back then, but it's gotten stale it's the same thing over and over again small tweaks over and over again i'll be honest i, I want to see something uh you know i mentioned at the top like an in-game tournament system a tier above ranked yeah keep ranked in there as as the kind of pathway to competitive and the pathway to algs but rather than the experience today which is if you want to compete in the algs it's a manual experience you have to go to battlefy.com algs and manually register that's probably making us lose out on thousands of potential players that would play if it was as simple as oh, the ALGS is running today. Here's an in-game tournament mode like Cash Cups or the tournament mode in Fortnite that qualified you know, 47 million people that attempted to qualify for World Cup. If that experience is built into the game with the tournament experience, something pops up on your screen. It's ALGS Tournament Sunday. Press X if you want to register. Boom, you're registered. You're in the tournament. You queue in with your team of three and you're playing in an in-game tournament experience. And then you know, rinse and repeat that with weekly either Cash Cups or whatever you call them. Um, I think would be would be an unbelievable for the quality of life of, of the game as well, and also for our esport, helping bring more and more people to competitive Apex. Uh, whereas right now, it just seems like there's a bit of a gap between casual competitive ranked players and esports competitive, you know, uh, competitive players. It seems like we we have a bit of a, a, a gap. And if you go on Reddit, you can see that. So that's my my overall two cents. Um, I want to you know we've been talking about this for a while. Chat, thank you for being engaged and offering a bunch of feedback as well. It's really, really helpful. Like I said, we're taking notes here and, and the goal is to be able to you know, hopefully have a dialogue with, with Respawn. There's a lot of people at Respawn that care and that are working really, really hard. Big shout out and kudos to every single one of those devs. I know, you know, Rickle Saucer, Sammy, I know uh, um, Josh, Loki, Loki D-Bag Josh, which by the way, blows my mind that it's his gamer tag and Jbeebs and uh, Hell Havens and so many more. Ghost Yami, who's done so much for our scene. Uh, thank you to all the, all the people at Respawn that are helping to make this a better, a better game and a better experience for all of us. And thank you for being so open to feedback. Let's transition the topic though. Um, you know, we want to start to kind of wrap up the show a little bit. We had two things I wanted to, to quickly breeze through. One, international scrims, and then two, last chance qualifiers. Those are important discussions to be had. So we're, we're jumping back into the esports scene back into competitive play. First things first, the international scrims. We actually have a graphic that shows, I think the last two weeks of uh, average points after four weeks of oversight scrims. Big thank you, of course, to Tempo and, and the entire team on the oversight side that provides these, these scrims. But as it currently stands, after four weeks, here's the point average. TSM LG Naked team coming out of Japan, kind of a, a net new team looking solid and Alliance in fourth, Moist in fifth. So pretty good split across multiple regions and countries here in our top five. But I want to open the discussion to y'all. Thoughts on international scrims and which teams are faring well? Who wants to kick us off? Um, I can I can kick us off, I think. I think majority of the teams that are not having a good time or, or not showing up on these kind of drafts for scrims are are more than likely teams like losing their contests really hard. I think that's like I think that's the one consistent thing you can gauge from the like scrim result graphs is just who is doing well with their contests and who isn't. Uh, obviously, it looks like TSM's doing very well with their contest. Um, but 
I don't know. Sometimes like the quality is really bad, but I've noticed that Stormpoint games seem to be a lot higher quality. I think like some of the World's Edge games are troll because like there's just not enough PLIs and there's so many contests on that map. But yeah. Hockey Eric. You're smiling at some comment being made right now. That's fine. How this big head over here just always got something to say. <laughs> just always got something to say in the chat. Did you, did you literally respond to him in chat? Oh, you said, yeah, <laughs> no, that sucks. No. That's great. <laughs> That's what you're smiling at. I mean, I just think international scrims are... It's, it's just international scrims are to get your contest in order. I, I just I don't think these are realistic in the very slightest of how it's going to be replicated on land. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but it, it just seems like there's a lot of people willing to take more risks than they will be in a competitive a competitive setting at, at like at a land. So I mean, we have we have nine squads ring two closing on a lot of these games i don't know how i wasn't at the last land playing in it so maybe maybe Hawkins can give me uh, some insight but i don't think that that was something that was very common maybe one out of six games like maybe not even that um not even, no. not even but, stages so there's just there's just so much space that's open on maps like people are willing to take fights they're fearless and, and for all i know maybe people are just using ring beacons and and they're learning what fights they can take and that's what's happening there but um you know my team wasn't on that list, but we're focusing on things that we can control. And a lot of it's coming down to just us um, trying to figure out our team fights and, and have as much cohesion as, as, as possible rather than winning every single game in these, these unrealistic spacing out lobbies. Hockey's anything to add? Yeah, I mean, scrims are obviously not realistic. Like nine squads on two is pretty terrible. Like some end games are can be okay when there's like five squads on five. Those can be somewhat realistic sometimes, but even then it's like some team just sends it and then it just creates a fiesta anyway. So I think the big thing for scrims right now is just figuring out contests, making presence at the POIs that you want to play, and also just making presence at the rotations that you normally do. Like a lot of teams in scrims, they will be hyper aggressive in certain areas because they want people to know that, oh, I'm going to be playing here. So if you want to rotate this this way, you're going to have to run into me, you know? So that's kind of one thing that you have to take a lot more risks on in scrims and just be like, I don't care about the score. It's all about making a statement, you know? Like, that's a big thing, especially Great for point. us. Like, especially, like we literally land, we land Lightning Rod and we land Thermal. When we finish looting, there's 12 scores alive. So, like, what are we playing for? We're literally playing for nothing. So all we're playing for is improving our synergy as a team, our team fighting, and just our presence on where, on where we want to be at the map. It's a great point. So basically a lot of uh, TLDR, a lot of extra posturing or theatrics that goes into to scrims that make it hard to actually say that's a, an actual display of, of where teams are. I'd, I'd love to actually go back into the you know, history books and see the, the scrim results going into London. Did that actually make a difference? I know NRG didn't scrim at all, got second. Hal brought up a great point. You know, quality is way better on land, but the macro stayed the same for a lot of people from scrims to, to land. So nonetheless, an interesting discussion. I wanted to quickly touch on that. I felt like we'd be remiss not to. Again, massive thank you goes to Minus, Minus Tempo, the oversight team, for putting on scrims and giving pros a chance to get good quality international practice, work out these contests, and figure things out going into land. I want to transition the discussion, though. We, we show a lot of love to the pro tier. Uh, we need to show more love to tier two, challenger circuit teams, last chance qualifier teams. Let's talk a little bit about the LCQs that are coming up across every single region. We're actually going to talk 
specifically and dive deep into North America to kick that off. And it's crazy to see the amount of teams, the caliber of teams that are going to have to go into LCQ. Uh, Temple provided this in Discord and uh, Z Davis, same thing, you know, uh, from an, a CC tier two perspective. Here's the kind of status of teams that have qualified for champs. And, and Eric, I think you had the realization like a month ago, so I'll start with you. You guys are not guaranteed a spot at champs unless you perform with a top 10, top 12, top 15 finish here. Um, thoughts on, on how this lays out right now going into LCQs? Yeah, I mean, we definitely have some pressure on us uh, to perform at this event. I I think we're a top 20 team. I think we're going to make it to the the finals lobby. Um, it's just going to come down to, to discipline and, and showing up and knowing that the work that we put in and all the stuff that, you know, our analyst is helping us with and uh, just, just take that and bring it to the table when it matters the most. Um, you know, we have, team, I think, so yeah, look at us, us 100 Thieves, Oxygen, uh, Fury, and OG need to get to the final lobby of playoff two. I'm surprised actually with that. Um, on a couple of those, but overall, I mean, I, I think that these are all still really strong teams. I, I, I think that it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, obviously I don't want to have to play through the LCQ. That sounds kind of very stressful and just like a horrific experience. Um, I'd also like to not have to fly home instantly to hop back online and play in that as well. Just dealing with maybe the jet lag on the return. So this is a big event for us, but um, we did lose out on a couple teams. You know, the, the points from my roster, um, Bony no longer has any land points. Frex doesn't have land points. They were both on teams that did well at the last LAN. And so it really just comes down to like, we, the reason we formed this team is because we trusted each other that regardless of not having those land points that we were going to be able to make it there and perform. So we still have that faith in each other. And at the end of the day, like that's, you know, that's why we did this. And we did just realize that, you know, we need to just set out what we came in to accomplish. Uh, Vane, want to get your take. You're obviously a team in a similar boat. All really all those teams uh, our teams that didn't qualify, except for 100 Thieves, which is interesting, but teams that did not qualify for split one playoffs, obviously Oxygen's in yeah. that as well. Any you thoughts? guys know how many teams are in LCQ? I feel like there was a ton of like 40, CC teams. I think. 40, okay. I think it's 16 pro and then 24 content, I think. Or not content, but challenges. Qualified. It's 40 gotcha. overall, yep. That's insane. Okay. Um, no, I mean, I'm kind of in the same sort of headspace as Snipe here. Like, you know, this event's in front of us, and we need to make finals, and you know it's really nothing more than that. Playing LCQ definitely sounds like it's going to suck, uh, especially flying home and playing it. Um, that would just be just not what you want. Um, you just got to fall for finals and prove that you're, you know, a good team. So. Yep. And that's it. And for those that don't aren't aware, uh, the dates were finalized. There were some leaks and rumors as to what the LCQ dates were going to be. Is it July 22nd, if I remember correctly? Or what was the actual date? Oh, July 26th. 21st to 23rd. fly home that weekend. That's it. It was July 21st to 23rd. BMIC just confirmed in my ear. 21st, 23rd is LCQs. The LAN ends on the 16th. You're flying home a day after the 17th. You got a couple days to adjust and get ready for LCQs. It's going to be one hell of a July. If you're a fan of competitive Apex and watching uh, from an entertainment perspective, it'll be an entertaining July. Stressful for the pros, though, overall. Obviously, Alliance, you guys are looking pretty nice. This is a North America view, as I mentioned at the top. But Alliance, you guys are are looking, uh, I think, one of the confirmed spots are looking very, very good. So hockey's is just chilling. I want to shift the conversation though to the right side of the screen and show some love of the uh, challenger circuit teams. Um, you know, Van, I think you keep a closer uh, uh, um, eye on this than, than maybe others. I'd love to get your take at just my, my highest level uh, TSM Mexico. You got enemy Talus and Joe max. I'm really excited to see what that team can do. TSM X you got donut shop. Uh, at the top there, Z Davis, obviously an outspoken member of the community. I got a lot of respect for Z Davis, though. Fury, former teammate of your teammate uh, in, in Phony Snipe Down. That's a team you got to keep a close eye out for. A lot of love to Year, which is the team that runs Viz Scrims and Vize. 
that's McLovin, not Daniel, former LTC, I believe, in the pro league. So a couple of, of teams that could honestly make some noise. And then I'd be remiss to not mention Dojo. How awesome would it be if Timmy, designful, and enemy pull off a, a miracle? Enemy's so talented as a player, uh, and I think underrated, in my opinion, it's a young 17-year-old from Chicago. I'm excited to see if they can somehow make some magic in LCQs alongside the likes of Meat Lovers, WC, Elevate, etc. But Ben, uh, we'd love to get your take here on any of these challenger circuit teams on the right. Um, yeah, I mean you have you know I think there's a ton yeah, of eyes geez. on them. Koifu, like that guy. I want to see more clips because watching those clips are insane. <laughs> um, so you got you know you got Dojo. Like those are probably the biggest names in here that you'd want to keep keep an eye on. Besides like TSMX. Um, and then obviously, um, I'm rooting for Void just because uh, I teamed with Blitzen for like a year, and Washi's Omnis brother, and we all know Borton very well. Like rooting for those guys. Um, Z Davis's team, you know, they're extremely funny to watch. I love watching them, um, <laughs> just because of Z Davis. They, they're really good friends outside of the game too, so it's just funny to watch them interact. Super cool team to watch. Um, um other than that, probably. Uh, who was it? Most hated, yeah. Or was it most hated? I think it was most hated. Um, Akimbo, whatever. No, Beamers. Yes, this Akimbo guy. This guy literally popped off so hard last CC. Like this guy won back to back everyone's to like win the second game or something. And then I don't know. I want to see more from him because he was absolutely popping off. Um, and most hated has been playing extremely well, as well as Donut Shop, my past uh, teammate Davis. So yeah, tons of teams that I'm interested to watch. And speaking of Donut Shop, one one final mm -hmm. note from our producer here: Donut Shop dominated Challenger Circuit two and three, even against the likes of top players like Luxford, James Fearless, and Golden, who competed in that. You know, very very experienced players uh, put mm -hmm. on a clinic as a zone team. So excited to see what Donut Shop can do. And, and you know, it's been a, it'd be a great story for Z Davis to work his way back to the top, much like you did, Vane. I know you got a lot of love for your former team. Wrong Davis. Uh, sorry, Davis. Davis, Wade, not Z Davis. <laughs> two Davises. To multiple Davises. I got the wrong <laughs> Davis here. My fault. Well, <laughs> and then Fury X Pro League Fury. That is Fury sucks. That was correct. I got I got the Davis inc incorrect there. Thank you for the heads up there. But yeah, no, that's okay. a final, final take on this. And then I want to uh, shift the conversation back to full screen and talk EMEA as well. Hockey, uh, from an EMEA perspective, I know you keep your eye on what you're focused on, which is Pro League. You don't follow the Challenger circuit that often. But 789, the team that you are familiar with, has had a lot of ups and downs. They actually won the, the latest Challenger circuit in EMEA. Any thoughts on that team? You think they could be a Pro League team again? Zanya and Estesu uh, playing with the same roster. I definitely think they have the potential. They are in like a lot of the third-party tournaments, so they definitely like still play against all the pro league teams and stuff like that. And they do keep their nobody called keep their footing. Like I think they've been top five, top ten, almost every tournament that's been third-party with all the pro league teams. So they definitely have the potential. They just gotta lock it in. Love it. We'll see if 79 can make it from the Challenger circuit back to Pro League and make a miracle happen. Estesu back on LAN uh, since, for the first time since Poland would be awesome to see. I believe it's the first time since Poland. I don't think she was in, nope, she was not champs, and I don't think she was in Sweden either. I can't remember entirely about that. So yeah, it'd be an awesome story to see 789 in their return. But that's uh, a highlight. That's the top of all things Challenger Circuit LCQ, of course, July 21st through 23rd, right after the LGS Split 2 playoffs. Some pro teams will have to fly back and have a chance to compete against the top teams in Challenger Circuit. And this is the format that I love about the LGS. Of, of all things, I think it's this, this uh, path to pro, amateur to pro story that exists for any team grinding through Challenger Circuit. We haven't seen anything you know super miraculous happen. We've seen teams like BR Demons and others work their way from, from the bottom and make their way to the top. Players do that, like Sykes and Gildersons and others. But if we can see a pro team do it, that'd be pretty insane. 
you know, last year it was uh it was an awesome LCQ where we saw Furia dominate. It's kind of to see what happens this year and this time around. But let's start to wrap up the show, y'all. We always wrap up with a little segment called State of Apex, basically final thoughts on the State of Apex. Anything that y'all want to share as we wrap up here? Uh, it could be anything constructive, positive, you name it. Any thoughts on the State of Apex and where things are at? Snapdown, start with you. Yeah, honestly, I mean, was, I said this earlier, I think Apex is in one of the, the healthiest states that it's been. I think the, the game, the gameplay has always been there. Um, I, the mechanics, it's it's one of the most enjoyable games, if not the most enjoyable game I've played. The, Apex and Halo 2 are probably my two favorite games in terms of overall enjoyment. Um, I just I just think that we need more open forums or, or once again, we're just kind of calling for a communication on the rank changes. Why is it the way it is? Is it going to be adjusted? Like, is it being looked into? There's just... I just wish there were more things that we could help with um, to, to ha have a better experience all around because I know a lot of us are in the same boat. But I mean, at the end of the day, like all of us have so much love for the game and everything that it's brought us, the friendships, the community, the, the experiences, like being able to travel internationally for these these lands. You know, the, I haven't been able to do that competing in Halo is mainly a North American game. So I am super appreciative. I know we're very hard on a lot of the things, but it comes from a good place at the end of the day. And I... I I, I hope that it doesn't seem like we're just constantly berating and, and attacking because uh, I know we all just want this this ship to continue sailing into the distance so we can be here for another bunch of plenty of years without us all getting kind of burnt out. Love it. Akis? Yeah, I mean, I agree with my, almost everything Snipe said. It's just, uh, I just want the game to be like, the play modes of the actual game to be something different. You know, like right now, the pubs, the rank, the LTMs, they all play out the same. There's nothing different. It's just the name that's different. Like the game play is still the same. So I just want like more layers to it, you know, like make it a little bit more in depth so that we can have like more quality and more just, I don't know, just something different about everything so that we can just not be zombies when we're playing. Uh, but overall, I just want to say that Apex is still like the best game out there at the moment. Like, there's no other game I'd rather be playing than Apex. So, I'm very happy where we're at. But there's still a lot of things that I think we can do better. But that's just because I want the game to be the best, which it probably already is. But I still want it to be even better. I'm into that. Vane, close out. Final thoughts. Anything yeah. else you have? I, th I think a lot of our frustrations come with just pure passion of just wanting the game to be the best because we've put so many hours into the game you know it's 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 hard not to like feel something personal attached to the game like a lot of people see you as complaining or whatnot but it's actually all just you literally just love the game so much that it hurts you to see it in its down trend you know so um yeah i think the game is is in a great spot as far as you know meta goes and how it plays right now but Definitely, like, rank and like, the game modes need some love, for sure, because when scrims are over, I know it's hard for ranked content creators right now. They're struggling, so it's definitely rough for them, but, you know, hopefully we see some changes. Honestly, I want to I add on to that real quick before I end this. I, I think yeah. in the past, I used to have to, like, fight or, or message people days in advance to get a group of, like, three people to play rank together. Because I would look at the rank directory, I'd be searching for an hour to find a group of people that are streaming that don't have a full rank squad. Now you go to the directory at any point in time, Apex is down to 30k viewers at times. And it's it's like so much of the enjoyment that people got from watching streamers interact with each other and build and, and banter and build this up was because ranked was in a healthy spot. Now, like I don't want to three stack, the games aren't fun. We're dropping 30, 40 kills on people that feel like I feel like I'm three stacking pubs. 
at that point, like we're losing viewership and passion with not just the pros, but also the community because of the way the system is. And I think that that's like a a huge, like it's, it sucks to see that that's where it's at because I used to, I used to love waking up and being like, who am I going to play with today? Or who do I need to message right now to see who I, if I can get into a a group of them. Yeah, I'll be on at 6 PM. Let's make it happen. Otherwise you have 15 minutes. Otherwise your spots replaced. We're going to pick up someone else like that. Like our group chat that we have with pro group chats, it's, we make like people are like making fun of people. It's like, oh, we want to go hop on and play ranked together. It's like, ha, oh, that's that's funny. I hope, yeah. you, <laughs> hope you enjoy the night. It's like it's a joke. So, um, like, there's got to be some balance because at the end of the day, it's not just the pros. This is affecting the community, the watch time, the overall viewership numbers, and everything. And it's just there's definitely a, a solution that we can we can come to. I'm sure. Well said. And I, I think a common theme across everything y'all mentioned is gratitude. Love for the game is the best game that's out right now. I think we all agree with that in terms of gameplay mechanics. We all love this game so much. We want it to be the best it can possibly be. In the words of I believe in chat said, look, Apex in a lot of ways is the best it's been. It's the best game out there right now. We want it to be the best it can be and reach its full potential, which is really the point of the show. Uh, so a big thank you to everyone that's watching. I think the, the goal of this show is just to have meaningful discussion dialogue, debate, bring people with different viewpoints together uh, to have productive and constructive discussions. But at the same time, obviously always, y'all, you know, be respectful in every single way you're giving feedback. And I think the three of y'all did a great job of that. Every pro we bring on does a great job of that. Let's make sure the community does that as well. Uh, we got a lot of love for competitive apex. We got a lot of love for this game. We got a lot of love for this esport. Thank you, of course, to my co-host Snipe Down. Hockey's the first ever EU guest to join. Appreciate you making it work for the special EU edition of Apex After Hours in vain as well of Oxygen. Congratulations to both y'all on qualifying and wishing you the best of luck in London. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Much love, and as we wrap up the show, thank you to every single one of you that are watching. We really appreciate y'all more than you know. You're going to be able to find this on Spotify, on YouTube as well. These will be immediately uploaded. We're also upping our content game, trying to make this more accessible where you want it to be accessible. So TikTok and Instagram at Apex After Hours. Make sure to f- drop a follow and keep up with all things content if you missed the full show. Thanks for watching, everybody. My name is Fallout. Joined alongside my co-host, Snipe Down, Hockey's and Vane on behalf of ourselves and our producer, BMIC, our entire team, Chrono Creative, Bella, and Alex. Big thank you, everyone, for watching. Have a great rest of the day this has been the first rendition of apex after hours this summer we hope you enjoyed it we'll catch you next time in a week's time for apex after hours just one week from now thanks everybody